check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, where we help physicians and other clinicians master the art of integrative symptom management so they can wholeheartedly care for themselves as they expertly care for their patients. Welcome. I'm Dr. Caramonti, and this week I'd like you to think about acceptance. Acceptance. And I'm going to cover it by reading you a chapter from my new book, Coping Courageously, a Heart-Centered Guide for Navigating a Loved One's Illness Without Losing Yourself. Okay, this is from chapter five, and it's called Accept Like a Badass. I had been Nick's doctor for more than a year. He usually came to the office with his girlfriend, Nina, who kept a notebook with questions for Nick's doctors in her purse. Nina was on top of everything. She knew which chemotherapies Nick had tried and what the side effects had been. She kept track of his pain and his nausea, and she usually had a question about a potential treatment that she had researched on the internet. We used to joke that she was an honorary nurse or doctor. Nick adored her. This day, Nick came to his appointment alone. When I saw him in the exam room, I was thrilled, vastly different from the last time I'd seen him. This time, his posture was straight, his voice was strong, he looked robust, Nick's advanced cancer was obviously responding to his new treatment. He looked great, and he seemed to be feeling like his old self again. Dr. C., can I tell you a secret? He asked me excitedly. Of course, I said. Once I'm clear for a full year, I'm going to propose to Nina. He looked at me expectantly. I wonder if I disappointed him because I have no idea what came across my face. But two powerful thoughts collided in my head all at once. That's wonderful. And... Don't wait a year. I took a moment to decide how to respond. I started with the obvious. Oh, I'm so happy for you. This is fantastic news. She's a wonderful woman, and you're so lucky to have her in your life. And she's lucky too, is what I said. I wholeheartedly believed it all. The next part was harder. So tell me about waiting a year. I started gingerly. He had a clear answer. I don't want her to marry me and then have to deal with me dying, he said. I get that, I said. Will waiting a year to propose take away the risk that she'll have to deal with you dying? He took a deep breath. I focused on his puffed out cheeks and the noise his breath made as it passed his pursed lips. I felt badly that I'd injected this painful reality into his good news, but I knew that it was important that we talk about his future. No, Nick said, it won't. But it would make me feel better if I could just get through a whole year. Nick had been riding a roller coaster. He'd been down, then up, then down, then up more times than seemed fair. He had been near death and then responded to a new medication, and then just as he was feeling normal again, a new pain would start or a concerning spot would show up on his imaging. His cancer had returned not once, but over and over and over, and he was sick of it. I totally get it, Nick, I said. You've been through it, and you deserve some time to just be normal. It struck me that Nick was mixing up two powerful ideas that deserved to be considered separately. Firstly, he was hoping for at least a year without a cancer recurrence. That was a reasonable hope, and everyone in his life was hoping for it too. Secondly, he had decided that he wanted to marry Nina. It was the overlap of these two goals that was causing me concern. The chance that Nick's cancer would be permanently cured was close to zero. Barring a miracle or not yet invented medication, Nick's cancer would almost certainly eventually take his life. He was young, and it wasn't fair. I don't want Nina to be a widow, Nick blurted out. 
I nodded, and we sat in silence for a while. If it comes to that, I started, do you think Nina would rather be a widow, losing her husband, or a woman whose boyfriend died? Wow, Nick said, nodding. I never thought about it that way. I never, ever thought about it like that. I know she thinks I'm going to be cured, but I think she'd rather lose her husband than her boyfriend. Yeah, I replied. I think so, too. Nick and I both smiled. I felt pretty sure that he'd propose soon, and I think he started planning his proposal right there in that exam room. I was thrilled to receive the invitation to Nick and Nina's wedding. I was proud of Nick for accepting his reality and speeding up his proposal. It would have been easier to look away, refusing to accept that a recurrence-free year was unlikely. Instead, Nick bravely accepted what he was facing and romantically asked Nina to become his wife. Their wedding was beautiful and moving, and I was honored to be invited. Gloria painted rocks. She made funny rocks, rocks with colorful mandalas, and rocks with words that sparked her soul. Her rocks made her feel light, she told me, and they were a window into her spirit. They were a meditation for her as she painted them and for her friends and loved ones who were lucky enough to receive one. I have three of Gloria's rocks on my desk, and I feel peaceful and vibrant energy whenever I look at them. I started my first visit with Gloria in my standard way. Hi, I'm Dr. Caramonti. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Medicine Program. She responded with, I want to do this right. That wasn't typically how my patients started their visit, so I was intrigued. I leaned in. Tell me more about that. I know all about this palliative care thing, Gloria said. I'm here because I want to do it right. A pile of words tumbled out. I have ovarian cancer and I'm trying to live, but I imagine it will get me eventually. I've looked it up. I know the odds. I'm going to do my best, but I don't want to be one of those people who pretends it isn't happening. I want to look it in the face and stand up tall and do what has to be done. Does that make sense? Am I crazy? I just want to do it right. I let some silence blossom before I spoke. I wasn't sure if Gloria was expressing anxiety, perfectionism, or acceptance, and I imagined it was probably a brave and scary soup of all three. I wasn't clear on what she most needed from me, so I reflected back what I'd heard. So you understand that your ovarian cancer is advanced and can't be cured. You're going to do treatment, but if there comes a time that your treatment doesn't work anymore, you're ready to accept that and face it head on. Did I get that right? Something shifted in the room. Gloria's forehead softened, her lips parted, and her jaw unclenched. Her shoulders drooped, but not in a sad or giving up way. It was more like a weight that she had been tensing to support got lifted up and away. Yes, she said. Yes. I was inspired by Gloria's eyes-wide-open approach. She stood bravely in the complexity of it all. She held herself with a strong back and an open heart. She adored her husband, her kids, her graceful dogs, and the beautiful view from her porch. She desperately wanted to live. Yet, she took nothing for granted. She practiced gratitude daily, and she appreciated each moment, even the sad ones. She was able to fully embody the joy of her life and still let in the reality of her disease. She managed to stand with one foot in each world. Gloria was gloriously alive and also courageously facing the reality of her death. I was struck by her clear-eyed acceptance of what was coming alongside her fierce engagement in this beautiful world. Acceptance gets a bad rap. In the serious illness world, it gets mixed up with giving up or not fighting or being depressed or not caring. Acceptance is painfully misunderstood. It isn't weak, and it doesn't make you a quitter. 
It is brave and tough and fierce. Acceptance looks the monster in the eye, puffs at its chest and says, yeah, I see you. Acceptance is badass. I once got called to the intensive care unit for a planned compassionate extubation. Often there are tearful family members at the bedside. Sometimes they look lost and numb. Usually the patient is sedated or unconscious, but not this time. When I slid the glass intensive care unit door open, I was surprised to see Mr. M fully awake with bright, piercing eyes. He caught my gaze, and neither of us looked away. Mr. M was clearly aware of what was happening to him. There was a tube protruding from his mouth connected to a humming machine that was breathing for him because he could not manage this life-sustaining act on his own. He was unable to speak because of the tube in his airway, but he communicated nonetheless. Mr. M's wife was rubbing his hand methodically. She looked terrified. I'm Dr. Caramonti from Palliative Care, I said as I took his other hand. I was used to talking to families in this situation, but having the patient wide awake was a new experience for me. I found it unsettling. It was hard to know what to say. Your doctors asked me to come see you because your condition is very serious, I started. His eyes never unlocked from mine, and he nodded in understanding. They don't think you will ever be able to breathe on your own without this machine. Do you understand what I'm saying? I asked him. He nodded, and tears spilled from the corner of his eyes. I wiped my own eyes and took a deep breath. Do you want us to keep this tube in your throat? I asked him. He very clearly shook his head. No. I tried a different way to be sure he understood. Do you want us to take out the breathing tube? He nodded yes. His wife spoke in a clear, resolved voice. He always made me promise that I wouldn't keep him on a machine. We talked about it. I know what he wants. I asked again. If we take out this tube, your doctors think that you will probably die. Do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't look away or flinch. He was steely-eyed. He looked determined and certain as he slowly nodded his head. Yes. Do you want us to remove this breathing tube? He nodded yes. Do you want us to do it today? He nodded yes. And so we did. Mr. M's body was coming to an end, but his spirit was fierce. I was struck by his wholehearted and brave acceptance of what was in front of him. In no way did he give up. He faced his opponent with power and courage right up until the end. He left this planet on his own terms. Mr. M was tough. He was fierce. He was a badass. Acceptance of death is one kind of acceptance, but there are endless other hurdles, detours, and shoe pebbles that we will all confront in our time on earth. Developing a healthy relationship with acceptance is a skill that we all need, yet few of us have. Let's break it down. There is a massive misunderstanding about what acceptance is at its core. Acceptance is not the opposite of fighting. Acceptance is the opposite of pretending. If Gloria had rejected the reality that her cancer was progressing, she might have lost the opportunity to take a special trip, share her feelings with her loved ones, have meaningful conversations with her children, and fully review her beautiful life. One fabulous patient of mine, a kindly woman in her 60s, bought a brand new shiny red car as her disease progressed. It was a sports car. She showed me a picture of it, and we laughed and laughed. Can you believe it? She asked me. Me driving a sports car? She giggled. But really, if not now, when? I completely saw her point, and I love that she bought that car. 
Accepting what is in front of you gives you the power to choose how you want to show up for this part of life. It does not mean giving up. That's worth saying one more time. Acceptance is absolutely 1000% not giving up. It is the opposite, really. Acceptance is looking the beast right in the eye and saying loudly and clearly, I see you. Life will give you many opportunities to practice acceptance. Babies leave us for kindergarten and then college, and then they get their own apartment. Beloved pets die and we lose jobs, spouses, friends, or the dream of having a biological child. Sometimes people lose a breast or a leg or a uterus or a dream. Acceptance is a kind of spiritual practice. Clear-eyed vision is a more powerful position from which to face life's struggles than pulling the covers over your head and mumbling, la, 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 la. Don't shy away from acceptance because you're confusing it with giving up. Also, practicing acceptance of a difficult situation does not mean that the universe will heap more of it upon you and break your back with the weight of it all. I believe that the reverse is true. It takes a supreme amount of energy to keep the covers over your face or bury your head ostrich style. Also, it doesn't work. The thrumming of your fear will continue to get louder and louder. Facing that fear or unpleasantness head on can be a huge relief. Acceptance usually begets lightness. Once you are looking your reality clearly in the face, you can loosen your tension just a little because it is often a bit less overwhelming than you imagined. It takes much more from you to keep it locked in the basement than it does to bring it into the light. There's a subtlety here that is important. The goal is to accept the reality that is in front of you, the straight up, ugly, warts and all reality. My daughter could die in a car accident. Your mom might die of cancer. But we aren't mind readers and we can't see the future, so we don't know what will happen. Acceptance does not mean fortune-telling. It is the acceptance of what is true, but there is always room for the universe or God or chance, depending on your belief system, to take the story in a different direction. We are not predetermining the outcome by practicing acceptance. Instead, we are standing tall and gazing at our challenge with clear eyes and a brave heart. Your homework for the week is to ponder this question. Is there anything in your life that you should work on accepting? Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by the Integrative Palliative Institute. Visit our website, integrativepalliative.com. There you can access physician and clinician training, well-being coaching, free downloads, and other cool stuff. And feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and share your favorite episode with a friend. 